Don't. So be careful outdoors. Limit your exposure. An isolated storm or two would help out if you're underneath or nearby, clouding over, uh, producing some cooling effects temporarily. But there won't be many around again today and slightly more tomorrow and even more coming up Sunday where it's only low to mid-90s and in 90-ish with scattered to likely thunderstorms on Monday. Ralph Sanji, WGSO. It's quality used tires at affordable prices at Rico's Tires and Wheels. 2609 David Drive, Metairie. Rico's offers quality used tires, they fix flat tires, and they do wheel repair. And while there, get that spare tire checked out. Check out Rico's on David Drive, Metairie. Rico's Tires and Wheels, just a few blocks south of Veterans. 2609 David Drive, Metairie. 504-455-5199. Rico's Tires and Wheels. Fitzmaurice here, starting out the food show here on this beautiful Friday afternoon, TGIF, and the end of July. It's going so fast I can't even keep track. July it is. So we start August on Monday. Unbelievable. Actually, we started on Sunday, but um, but our first show will be uh, August. Okay, so normally yesterday we had Nicole Dorignac, but we didn't have her yesterday. And then I've talked to her several times, and I'm not sure if she's on or not. So I told her, just surprise me. So we may have Nicole at 3 o'clock. In the meantime, it's just us talking food, as we always do, as Tom's been doing for 33 years. And you know what? We can do that. Today is Crab Cake Day. It's actually National Crab Day in, I think, March. Crab Day, but not Crab Cake Day. So I think this is one of Tom's designations because it is the birthday of the city of Baltimore from which crab cakes originated. Crab cakes are one of my very favorite things. And uh, I know people like them. We can't lay claim to the crab cake because it originated in Baltimore. But we have certainly hijacked it and are enjoying it quite, quite well. There are some really great crab cakes in town and some very mediocre crab cakes in town. So if you would like to talk about crab cakes, I can certainly do that. Tom had a, not in honor of Crab Cake Day, but just because we had crab cakes left over from the party the other night, as I said, Tom gets some very gourmet meals made from leftovers. So maybe that's my claim to fame. It'll be how you can reuse leftovers. I don't know. I'm going to send you a picture of what Tom had for breakfast this morning, Patty, so you can put it up on the website. I looked for the spam masubi picture, and I think I just deleted it. And I, I asked my daughter to see if, if she had it, because I thought I had sent it to her just to look at it. So if we can't find that, then the spam masubi will only live in your imagination. But um, I don't have it anymore myself, Kirk, if you are wondering if we're going to post it. But we are going to post, because I'm going to send it to Patty right now, the uh, breakfast that Tom had. 
it was a crab cake Benedict, not with poached eggs, because I wouldn't know how to do that, but there were two sunny eggs over. Tom had a bonanza of leftovers today, but it really came out great. We had some leftover French fries from our visit to Chimes, which I chopped up and sauteed with butter along with some um, green bell pepper and onion, onion and green bell pepper. And so I made them sort of a little hash brown thing. And then we had the crab cakes, which were little, but about half an inch thick. So I smushed those a little bit and made them a little, you know, like more of a patty for a Benedict. And then I did two sunny eggs and I put that on top of each other. And it was uh, beautiful. I mean, I think I'm going to send it to you, Patty. You tell me if you think it's beautiful. Okay. But uh, and if you would post it, I will. Uh, I would appreciate it. I will. So just by co just by coincidence, uh, Tom had crab cakes for breakfast today. So um, it was just, I didn't even realize that it was crab cake day, but there it is. So that's what he had. And we have two more leftovers, so he'll probably get the remainder of those. I think what I'll do tomorrow is do it over corn makshu, which is also leftover from the party. And it's in the freezer because I don't know when anyone's going to eat any corn makshu. I like corn makshu, but I, I don't think, I, I only think I took one spoon out of it and that was it. So crab cakes, who has good crab cakes in town? You are more likely to see a crab stuffing ball rolled in breadcrumbs and deep fried passed off as a crab cake. To me, that is a crab stuffing ball. There are true crab cakes being done in town. The Pelican Club has one. Mr. B's has one. Uh, GW Finns has one. If I think really hard, I'm going to come up with some others. But if you know of a great crab cake around town, August has one. You have to go into the high-end restaurants to get the real deal crab cake. They're there. They're not $15, generally speaking. You're looking at something closer to $20, $21. There's a crab cake at Oxlot on the North Shore. It's, I think it's $22. It's delish, but it's expensive. And to me, the definition of the proper crab cake as it started in the beginning when we adopted the Baltimore crab cake, the real crab cake, and by that I mean it's lump crab meat, jumbo lump crab meat adhered together by some mysterious um, binder. I've heard it as exotic as pureed shrimp, um, bechamel, something with egg in it, just something that will bind the crab meat. And then it is seared little breadcrumbs it's seared in a pan it's usually about two and a half inches in diameter and about an inch thick or even more sometimes it's a thing of beauty it's compact it's butter is oozing out from it it is a delicious item to have on your plate since its origins in this city meaning that we adapted and 
well, I call it hijacked the Baltimore version. Uh, there have been a lot of imitators and not good ones. I mean, listen, I'm all about the stuffed crab, okay? Love stuffed crab. But don't call a stuffed crab a crab cake because a crab cake in the traditional sense is jumbo lump, just held together by something and magic and then seared, crusted on the outside with breadcrumbs or sometimes not even that with a lot of butter in a pan. Got a nice hefty price tag and is really delicious. So there's some green onion in there somewhere usually. Anyway, if you know of a great crab cake around town, I would like to know about it. Because if I see the word crab cake on a menu, I am going to get it, which is why I know that there's a big dividing line between the ones that are fried crab balls and real jumbo lump crab cakes. I'm saying that you could probably find the real deal in a restaurant group that would number not even 10 around town. However, the fried, deep fried in breadcrumbs on a salad, on a sandwich by itself, those are a dime a dozen. And they're still good, but they're not a true crab cake. Cheapest crab cake I can think of right now in the traditional sense is the one at Restawile, which is $15 as an appetizer on top of corn makshu. It's delish. It is, uh, it is fat, but not very tall. So, and I don't think it, I mean, it's definitely not jumbo lump, or I don't think it is. I hate to say that because, you know, maybe I, I'm wrong, but um, it is not deep fried. It is not part of a stuffing. It is real crab with the magic binder, and it's really, really good. So if you know of a great crab cake, please divulge where you have had it because I am always looking for a great crab cake. I am going to read what Tom has written about crab cakes when we come back. And if you'd like to talk, the number is 556-9696. Right down the highway from the excellent Keith Young Steakhouse is Five Girls. And the food is very good casual fare. Here is a fantastic club sandwich with homemade potato chips, a great Cuban, good salads, and the best red beans and rice we have ever had. Poor boys, hamburgers, and terrific fried seafood. Five Girls, 305 Highway 21 in Madisonville, 985-845-2348. Night and day, you are the one. All righty. In honor of the birthday from Tom's Almanac, in honor of the birthday of Baltimore, this is Crab Cake Day. The conventional gold standard for crab cakes these days is that they should contain as high a percentage of jumbo lump crab meat as possible. It's been said that the ultimate crab cake holds itself together by the gravity of the lumps. Well, that is the problem with making great crab cakes. Something has to hold it together. Tom says he likes how they do it at Commander's Palace. They jam the jumbo lump and seasonings into one of those metal rings that the Waffle House uses to grill hash browns. When the crab cake is browned on one side, they turn it over. When both sides are done, the whole assembly is moved to a plate and the metal ring removed, leaving a perfect, nearly pure crab meat. That does sound good. Another great idea came for the late 
Chef Jean-Louis Paladin from the Watergate Hotel, he pur pureed shrimp and used that as his glue. The shrimp disappears in both sight and taste, and it does hold the crab meat together. The Ribram's crab cakes are made this way. His own, Tom's own technique is to use a bit of bechamel sauce to hold it together. Its flavor doesn't get in the way of the crab meat, and it carries all the seasonings for us. And there should be other things in there too. Green onions, parsley, a little garlic, a little bell pepper, and a thin layer of breadcrumbs around the outside to be crisped and toasted in a hot pan. Crab cake should fall apart at the touch of a fork. You shouldn't be able to jab it and pick the whole thing up. Every restaurant that serves crab cakes claims theirs are the best anywhere. You don't see this phenomenon for many other dishes. It's as if a crab cake can't be considered any good unless it's the best in the world. This brings up the inevitable question, which crab cake really is the best around here? And that is the question I have for you today. So if you like a particular crab cake in town, give us a call. I was listening to uh, myself read that just now, and I didn't mention Commander's Rib Room. Arno's has a good one. I don't know if I've ever had Antoine's crab cake, but... Um, they're, you know, the Grand Dames, generally speaking, will have the real deal. And then up to everyone else as to how much they want to invest in the real deal. The real, real, real deal of a crab, meat, crab cake is actually in Baltimore. If anyone has had the Fedley's crab cake, Fedley's is a seafood joint, uh, mostly a market in Baltimore by the waterfront which has been around since 1886. There's that institution again. And it is a big, giant thing. And I think the last time I had it was, I believe, in 2016 or maybe even 2018. But definitely before 2019 in recent memory. And it is massive. It's like the size of your fist. And I, I think it was like, $15. And I, I could be totally wrong by that. I should probably look it up before I say that. Not that anyone's going to drop everything and run to Baltimore. But uh, I remember thinking, wow, that's a great price for something so full of jumbo lump crab meat. It is a thing of beauty and it's delicious as well. And it's served over a saltine cracker. 5569696 is the number. If you want to talk to me, I would love that. As Tom likes to say, if you've ever had anything to eat in your whole, whole life, call us. Have you ever heard, have you ever heard him say that, Patty? I have many times. <laughs> and usually when I heard that, I would walk into the studio where he was and talk. <laughs> Tom, uh, we, it's often been said that Tom's show was at its best when he was begging for calls. I found it pretty uh, pretty hilarious. But as a wife, I would find something like that hilarious. 5569696. It's also the birthday, birthday of Tori McPhail, former chef of Commander's Palace. Now a cowboy out west. He's probably not ever wearing a cowboy hat. I'm just saying that. But he lives, I believe, in Montana now. I think that's where he went. Anyway, he left at the end of last year and has passed the torch on to Meg Bickford, the first woman chef of Commanders. It is also the birthday of another chef, Alton Brown. He was born in 1962. That is a peculiar dude. <laughs> but 
<laughs> but I like him. It's just if you're really into food geekiness, there you go. Alton Brown. And um, he's the most interesting fellow. I thought that his book was, um, I don't know if it was his first book, but I remember looking at it, I don't know, maybe 20 some odd years ago. It was kind of like when when books were changing in their design and there were a lot of little, um, I don't know what you would call them, like little, little islands of information sort of inserted on the page. And that was the book that I used as the blueprint, the design blueprint for my own book, The Susie Homemaker Chronicles, which came out in 2012. I wanted the look of Alton Brown's book because I thought it was so fun. Five five six nine six nine six. Looking for the best crab cakes in town. And if you don't ever get those kind of crab cakes, the best crab cake, crab ball stuffing, fried thing uh, that that you can think of. Who do you like around town for crab cakes, Patty? I, you know, I usually don't order crab cakes um, because, <gasps> really? yeah, because I felt like you, I found most of the places I go, they're more like stuffed crab. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. I did have a crab cake at Antoine's that was delicious. Uh, I think it was about a year or so ago. And, you know, when I was listening to you talk about the binding agent, when the recipe I had for crab cakes, the binding agent was actually pulverized catfish Ew. and it worked okay. it worked it's it, like the shrimp you, you know you lose the taste of that but it holds the crab meat together where did you get that recipe because i've never seen pulverized catfish nor would i pulverize a catfish <laughs> or a shrimp for that matter or hot dogs i don't remember as they say I, i'm gonna Wait, what to, i don't remember i'm gonna have to look it up because it's it, it's in my, you know, it's, it's handwritten in my collection mm -hmm. of recipes, and I don't remember where I got it, but I'll look it up. I have a general principle against pulverized animals of any kind. <laughs> so um, if it's, I could do a bechamel, I could do egg with some stuff in it. Um, I like the idea of just the plain old crab meat, although I'm sure that does fall fall apart as soon as the ring is taken off yeah, as but, soon as you um, put the fork in and it, it probably falls apart well yeah that's true of all of them really mm -hmm. that's true of all of them even the ones that have a binder in them um and i don't really mind that at all but uh i would rather that than to think that there's pulverized animals somewhere in it but <laughs> i i just um well it cooks down it what? It cooks. Yeah, I down. know. I know. I mean, and you could say whatever you want about it. I'm just going to think <laughs> I don't want it. I don't want it. Like when they talked about the, the red beans at Popeye's being pulverized hot dogs. No, thank you no. very much. <laughs> no. So um, I, I'm good, though, with any. I mean, egg is a binder. It's a glue. So if you do some kind of egg, you know, that'll bind it too. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm much better about that. But a good crab cake is really hard to find. And a great crab cake can be found at just a handful of places. I'm good with the, the stuffed crab as long as I know what it is. It just annoys me when there's a crab. I don't think it should be called crab cake is the thing. It's like the designation on menus of things that are now accepted as something that they're actually not annoys me. Like 
Hash browns are shredded potatoes as we've always known them to be. Hash browns are not little cubed fried potatoes in any iteration that is not hash brown. That's, that could be potatoes. It could be country potatoes, but it is not hash browns. So when I see the word hash browns and I get little cubed fried potatoes, I get annoyed. Not like Don the Gourmet Neighbor, but it's like, oh, come on. Um, and the same is true of crab cakes. If it's a crab cake, a crab cake, as I'm thinking of it, is like the Fadley's crab cake, which is this glorious bundle of jumbo lump crab oozing butter with a sear on it. And that is perfection. That's a crab cake, regardless of what you serve it on or what sauce you drape over it. That's a crab cake. If you're going to roll up some crab, make it into a patty, roll in breadcrumbs, and then drop it in a deep fryer, that's a stuffed crab, which is also hard to find now. Patty, when you go to Harbor, do they have a stuffed crab on the menu? They do. Um, I've never had it, but, you know, most recently, I, from Middendorf's, I had the stuffed crab. I actually bought, you know, in Middendorf's, they have a, a you can buy the catfish and gumbo and stuff like that to take home. Uh-huh. And last time we were there, I bought these two um, stuffed crabs because they looked great. They were big and were they, they deep really fried? Good. No, you had to put them okay. in the oven and okay. uh, you know you defrost them and put uh-huh. them in the oven to cook. But I was a little disappointed because there wasn't a whole lot of crab meat in it. Thank you. It was a lot of filling. You know what it is? If you to me again, here we go with the telltale signs. Okay, so mm-hmm. the telltale sign for real crab cake versus deep fried crab ball is price. If you are, yep. if you're at fifteen, sixteen dollars and under, expect the deep fried crab ball. If you're eighteen and over, and over really is the sure thing. You know, you can get the crab cake. Yeah, these but, are twelve fifty for two of yeah, them. Yeah, price is the giveaway. Now, another thing that's a real giveaway. <laughs> don't ever fall for this again, Patty. I won't. Um, we talked about Deanies. Okay, to me. <laughs> okay, remember growing up, stuffed crab was a normal, reasonable, rational thing. Yes. It it was put into an old crab shell. It was filled up. It had just a little smidge of roundness on the top. It was salamandered or put in the oven to broil. It had breadcrumbs. Great. That's my recollection of breadcrumbs. Then Deanies came along and bastardized the crab. Uh, stuffed crab by making it the size of a softball and it is so over the top ridiculous in size the dead giveaway of one that is going to (laughs) be this is one of those things that really is a no-brainer if you see a bunch of stuffed crab in that proportion I guarantee most of its breading and when I saw the Middendorf's crabs, that's the same thing. It had that 
telltale round, big giant Dini's mark of mound o bread and some crab. And that's um, that's the giveaway. You know who's got a really good stuffed crab out there? Uh, blue crab. Really? Have you had that? Mm-hmm. No, I haven't. I'll have to try it. I love the yeah. blue crab, though. I love blue crab, too. Fresh cut fries, I mean, at a seafood joint. When have you ever seen that? I mean, I haven't been since COVID, so maybe they stopped that, but that you was. You know, they're opening me. one in Slidell. Yeah, I know. I know. Very excited about that. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I. Uh, and, and it's going to be interesting to see how they do with mid endorphs, how those two um, work out together. Where is it? Do you know where it is? Yeah, it's, it's actually in. Um, it's like in the middle of Eden Niles. It's on the water. And uh, okay. you have to take Rat's Nest Road to get to it. You know, that's that last road. Like if you're heading toward New Orleans on Highway 11, it's uh-huh. the last road before the closed <gasps> Highway 11 bridge. <laughs> I wonder if it's the space that used to be Michael's. Is it like right by the bridge? No, no. It, it's the space that used to be um, the dock along that when they first built it. It was a place called the dock. Because it has, uh, it has a lot of waterfront, and it has uh-huh. a lot of places to dock boats. And okay. you can kind of see it from the twin span. Right as you get on the twin span heading to New Orleans, you, if you look over to the right, you can okay. see it. It's on a point. So you, you would go almost to the Highway 11 bridge, and you take a left on Rat's Nest Road, they call it, and you go all the way back down to the water, and mm. that's where okay. it is. Well, good. I'm excited about that. I know that they're doing it. I didn't know exactly where it was, but that is something to look forward to. But but we'll get back to uh, stuffed crab, blue crab, crab cakes, and all things crab after we come back from the break from the Louisiana Radio Network. It's time for the news. It is 2.30. Don't know if we have Nicole coming up. We'll just have to wait and see. Louisiana Radio Network, I'm Brooke Thorrington. The hot and humid temperatures continue for the Bayou State this afternoon and into the weekend. State climatologist Barry Kime says we can expect to see weekend temperatures in the mid to upper 90s throughout the weekend across the Pelican State, and some areas might even see triple digits. And then we're going to have heat index values you know, with the combination of those high temperatures along with that high humidity levels. The heat index values are going to be between 110 and 115. The U.S. Department of Agriculture has completed a study of deer in several northern states and Louisiana Commissioner of Agriculture and Forestry. Dr. Mike Strain says they were checking for COVID-19 antibodies. The results of the study indicate that certain white-tailed deer populations in Illinois, Michigan, New York, and Pennsylvania were exposed to SARS-CoV-2. The USDA confirmed that 33% of the deer were carrying the virus. At three today, Governor Edwards will hold a COVID briefing for the state. LRN. I wanted my job. If my mother got sick, I wouldn't know what to do with myself. I got vaccinated for my daughter. I trust the science. Uh, the reason why I got the COVID vaccine was because of my uh, my newborn child and my at-risk wife. Uh, I, I got vaccinated to keep from, from it happening to me. I talked to my doctors about it, did my research, and they've done a lot of research, and I think they know what they're doing. Visit covidvaccine.la.gov or call 1-855-453-0774 to schedule your COVID-19 vaccination today. I'm Jim Harper, president of the Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation. Agriculture is big business in our state. $11 billion a year 
for Louisiana's economy. When other businesses had to shut their doors, our essential Louisiana farmers and ranchers continue to provide each of us with the food and fiber we need to survive. That's why I'm a proud member of the Louisiana Farm Bureau family. Visit LAFarmBureau.org, the Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation, the voice of Louisiana agriculture. The Edwards Mortgage Group, the Mason Collective, NOLA Title Group, and ARC Insurance Consultants are the ones to call on for all of your home needs. Whether it's mortgages, closing, sales, or insurance, they take care of your home needs, and now they have come together to help take care of the needs of our beloved New Orleans music community by partnering with Bougainvillea Productions and Soul Project NOLA for FunkyUncle.Live. FunkyUncle.Live is a free webcast live from the one-of-a-kind Mardi Gras float, the Funky Uncle Lounge, that features New Orleans musicians playing live music combined with interviews and outreach news to raise money for the entertainment community of New Orleans that have been impacted by COVID-19. You can join in the funky fun time by simply going to www.FunkyUncle.Live every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Coming to the Funky Uncle Lounge on August 4th, it's Eric Struthers and Friends, and on August 11th, Jamal Batiste Band. For more information on how you can support live from the Funky Uncle, go to funkyuncle.live and follow us on social media. When you're awake, the things you think come from the dreams you dream. Thought has wings and lots of things are seldom what they seem. Yes, it is true enough. It seems like when the the food show music starts playing, everything in the house comes alive. The dog gets up, the cat gets up, Tom gets up. It's like, it's like, come on, everything go back to where you were. The, I was uh, settling the dog and the cat during the show. I mean, during the break. Five five six nine six nine six is the number. If you want to talk to me, I'm Marianne Fitzmorris. I would love to talk to you right now. Patty and I are talking about crabs. So if you would love to join the conversation, we'd love to have you. Uh, so the the blue crab stuffed crab to me is the um, most faithful representation of the stuffed crab that is traditional in New Orleans, like the old West End places. Those never stuffed their crab, you know, to this like ridiculous mound of breading. And that sort of took over for a while, but I think some people are getting a little more reasonable about stuffed crab. It's really hard to find stuffed crab now. That's why I was asking you if Harbor has stuffed crab and if you've ever seen it go to a table. Is it the big mound or is it the normal size? It's the normal size, you know, and it's in a little fake crab shell. Like a real crab shell or the silver one? The silver one, the little fake one. Okay. Well, you know, I'm starting to see the real ones come back. I don't know how they managed to do that, but I'm glad that they did. Yeah, the one I got in uh, from from, uh, Minendorf was in a real show. It was, yeah. I'm starting Mm -hmm. to see those come back now. For a while there, you couldn't get them at all. But now I I think they're they're starting to come back. It's kind of like the old, um, you know, you were not around for this, but I was was defiantly putting um, my stuffing in the turkey at Thanksgiving. And um, it was delicious. <laughs> and we're all still alive to tell about it. Remember when you used to do that or your mom did it and then it became something you shouldn't do and then yeah. nobody did it. And now <laughs> mm-hmm. some of us are breaking rank and, and you know, forging a path back to uh, 
tradition, it was good. I think that's what's happening sometimes with the crab shells. I don't really know what the laws are now, but I do see that some people are serving them in, I guess, what amounts to a sanitized version of the shell, but it definitely looks more authentic. 5569696 is the number. I'm going to read what Tom wrote about uh, Tori McPhail. He was the executive chef of Commander's Palace in the Garden District of New Orleans. He is one of those lucky guys who's always known what he wanted to be. He took a shine to the idea of being a chef when he was a teenager. To that end, he was already raising ducks and chickens and vegetables in his hometown of Ferndale, Washington. After culinary school, he moved to New Orleans in 1993 and landed a job at Commander's as sous chef under Jamie Shannon. After a tour of duty at the Palace Cafe, he left town to get some experience in other cities. Here and abroad, he returned to Commanders in 2001 and never left again, taking over after Jamie's tragic young death. Tori is not only a good chef, but an engaging personality. He gives good cooking demos. Yes, he is very cute. Tori McPhail is a very cute person. It's also the birthday in 1962 of Alton Brown, whose shows on the Food Channel and elsewhere attract more serious cooks than most of the shows over there do. That's just what we were saying about the Food Network. Brown is intrigued by what happens to food as it cooks, how the chemical changes bring about flavors and aromas. He's written several books. He's kind of a food scientist, the most famous of which is I'm only here for the food, which is a fine sentiment in Tom's uh, thoughts. Much of his success as a television chef owes to his early career as a television and film producer. He's often said that the reason he got into cooking was that what he thought television food shows were clumsily produced and thought he could do better. He definitely did. He's a nice guy, too. Tom's had him on his show a couple of times, and he is, in fact, a nice guy. 5569696 is the number. We started the show off by talking about it being Baltimore's birthday. They were found, it was founded in 1729. The city's greatest claim to culinary fame is that it is the birthplace of the crab cake. The nearby Chesapeake Bay is home to the same species of blue crab that we eat around New Orleans. Where we made stuffed crabs with ours, they made crab cakes with theirs. Tom's reading of old cookbooks persuades him that 50 years ago crab cakes were a lot like stuffed crabs, but Baltimore restaurants began to brag about the excellence of their crab cakes, setting up a competition that resulted in spectacular and very expensive crab cakes. Baltimore also serves whole hard shell crabs steamed with a crust of Old Bay seasoning instead of boiled as we do. I don't like Old Bay seasoning. Have you ever had it, Patty? I have, and I don't like it either. Yeah, I think you have to grow up with it. It's definitely a mid-Atlantic thing. Oh yeah, those people love it. Everyone uses it there. They all use it without thought at all, and it's just not very good, in my opinion, and Patty, so that's two of us. Let's go to Mike. Oh, Mike? he hung up. Oh, no. Mike, call back. Okay. All right. Um, I didn't see that. Uh, we're still operating, believe it or not, with a <laughs> with Patty just being able to text me, so if the phone is not right on my lap and I was busy wrestling the cat so it wasn't on my lap 
uh, I don't get to see it. Patty, did you get my pictures of the uh, of the the sunny I did, eggs? And I'm in the process of putting it on the Facebook page right now. Now, is it just me or are those gorgeous? They are gorgeous. <laughs> they look great. <laughs> no, I know I'm serious. No, I, think I really, am too. I think they really look great. I pretty think they fancy. Look delicious. I told Tom that he would pay $18 or more for a breakfast like that in one of his beloved restaurants. I have to say, I'm not great at the eggs. I like to cook eggs my way, which is, I don't like runny eggs. And Tom does like runny eggs. And halfway through my usual way of cooking things, I remember, oh, I'm cooking this for Tom. So I turn the, the pan down, but by that time, the eggs have already got a hard shell. It's on too late. Them. <laughs> and I mean, I, I like that. Actually, that's a kind of a favorite thing to me about eggs when they get that um, that little brown crust that makes it look like a doily. I like that. But Tom, Tom's used to it now, but that certainly wouldn't be his preferred method for eating eggs. And that's what those eggs in that picture have that little brown crust around them but so I what find do you have under it is that crab cakes and hash browns mushrooms some vegetables okay so right under you can't see the crab cakes the eggs are sitting on crab cakes okay which were leftover crab cakes that i smushed down a little into more of a normal size um benedict hull okay and um the the hash browns were made with leftover french fries from the chimes butter and onion and green pepper you're right and i think I at least 18 dollars, maybe even 20 i really yeah did. it's definitely a mm -hmm. pretty fancy dish i have to say especially from leftovers <laughs> the only thing the only thing original on that plate is the onion and pepper but those are leftovers too because i didn't use them from the other day uh, and the eggs that's in butter. Well, that's the only great. thing. At least half of those ingredients were left over from something else, but wow. it looks good. I have to say, and it Tom does. thought it was fantastic. And we have mm -hmm. Darren holding. All right, let's go do, yeah, let's go to Darren. We have time. Hey, Darren. Hey. Hello. How are you doing? Yeah, we're here. Oh, okay. Hi. Okay. Just wanted to make sure. So I, you're, you're speaking about, crab cakes, but I just wanted to share that I actually just ordered for tomorrow two dozen blue crabs, and I'm so excited. Mm, I'll bet you are. <laughs> yep. Yep, I am. I love crabs. So are you, why did you order them? Didn't, can't you just go in and pick them up? Yes, well, well I always like to place the order. I like mm. to place the order so that they don't sell out, so uh -huh. I um, I frequent Captain Sid's, and so I can just message him, and uh -huh. he takes care of me. Are there that many people? This is a general question for the whole audience, and I would really love someone to call me on this. Are there that many people like you, Darren, who are buying boiled crabs and picking them themselves? Is this something you do a lot? Yes, especially we will do it a lot once the Saints start, but we're doing it because my daughter goes back a week from Sunday back to school for her senior year, and so we will do the boiled crabs, and uh, my dad will 
fry fish. Uh-huh. And then on a side pot, we will boil everything that you would normally want with a seafood boil. So we'll do the potatoes, the corn, the sausage, the mushrooms, mm-hmm. artichoke. We'll do that. We'll even do a little bit of boiled shrimp mm. and just enjoy it. And It's uh, a very under- Louisiana meal. Enjoy it. You know what, Darren? You're making me want to do that myself. My my family is coming over after the show because the the big wedding is this weekend and it's up on the North Shore. And um, they were going to come over and we were talking about restaurants to go to. But now I'm thinking they should I should tell them to swing by Mandeville Seafood and buy buy some crabs because that's something my family used to do a lot too. But nobody does it anymore. We don't. And do everything it that I've ever had from Mandeville Seafood is is outstanding. Oh, it is outstanding. We, yeah. uh, and I go in, in there, fact, and there's just stacks of crab, you know? Yep. And it's, it's, there's nothing better than a Louisiana blue crab, especially when it's filled with what we call the mustard, filled with fat. Yeah. It's just so Okay, you're making me want to do this. You're making me uh, Marianne, think that that's you know what we I should once do. Heard, I once heard Don Dubuque speak about this, mm-hmm. where he will take the mustard... He will add a little bit of butter and maybe some seasoning, maybe some Tabasco, Mm -hmm. and he will warm it a little bit Mm -hmm. and use that as a dipping sauce. Oh, yeah. That makes perfect sense. Absolutely. Because the mustard's so good. Now, my dad, my dad, who's really, he's the part of our roots that is the Louisiana French Creole. My dad likes the hard fat, but I'm not a big Mm -hmm. fan of that. Mm-hmm. Agreed with you. I agree. I like the the soft or the watery, if you will, the juicy. Yeah. But, Do you think um, the orange would melt if you put it in a pan? I've never tried that. You know, that's something. Maybe you know what? That'll be my experiment tomorrow. I'll All put right. it in a okay. in a little bowl. I'll okay. put it in the microwave. If it explodes in the microwave, I'll blame it on you. <laughs> Tell my dad. Fuck I was thinking more like a pan. With butter, like Don Dubuque does, only it's the orange hard fat instead of the yellow soft I'm fat. Not, I'm not sure. I'll try it. I'll try mm-hmm. it. And, uh, but okay. I, I did hear you, you guys speak earlier. I, we went, and I, and I know I said this to you, we went Father's Day to Middendorf's. It was very good. Uh-huh. But on my seafood platter, there was the stuffed crab, and that uh-huh. was very average. Yeah, it's very average. Very, very average. I think the best, I'm not, as I know most people have said, I think you have to go out knowing that, okay, I'm going to order a crab cake. I think the best crab cake I have ever had is probably at uh, GW. Well, if you're not going to get the best crab cake there, you're not going to get it. I think so. I think I've also, and, and I don't, because I don't order that often, I think I've maybe had one at Drago's. Hmm. I'm not sure. I What's can't, the matter with you people? Nobody's I ordering crab remember. cakes but me. I, okay. I, I, uh, I just, yeah. It, but, but so last night I thought about you because I went with my dad to Girlando's and it was uh, so good. Did you, have the, did you have the brisket special? You know what? They're, it sold they're out. They're out of it. It sold what? out. Yeah, they it sell up by 3 o'clock. Yeah. It was, we went there at about, we got there probably around 6.30-ish. Uh-huh. All that was left was their shrimp parm. But So uh-huh. I went with 
just the reliable spaghetti and meatballs. It's so good. It is good. Yeah, it's, it's so good. good. Shrimp parm, what is that? I- I'm assuming it's their, like, a spinoff of chicken parm, so it... Uh, I have never heard of that. That's all that was left on the specials. My dad ordered his favorite hamburger steak. And uh, it was good. We actually tried their onion rings. We we saw someone else order them. They were really mm-hmm. they were really good. Mm-hmm. Really good. The sauce was really good with it. But it's just it's it's just such a yep. nice, relaxing, <laughs> consistent. It really is. It really is. Service. I'm mad at it's, myself for taking so long to walk into the place because it's I got too. Well, such an you. unattractive. Such an unattractive curb appeal. I mean, really, they should do something I went about that. forever and, and forever yeah. and ever not going I know, there. I know. And, and I know, now just I'm think, like, what was I thinking? I know. But I do it's, have a it's question. Good. Once you go in, you go, wow, that was stupid of me. But it does not make you want to go in. It does not. And, and you walk and you drive by and you think, who goes there? That place has been there forever. Somebody must go there, but I'm not going there. And the only reason I, I, I ever wound up going there is that I read something in nomenu.com from Tom saying that he, they had a great roast beef poor boy. And while I'm not a great roast beef poor boy person, I am Tom's wife and I know the kinds of places that he goes. And I'm thinking, well, if Tom goes in there and he thinks it's great, that's probably pretty good. So when my daughter bought a house nearby and we were there in the neighborhood all the time, I swung in there and I thought, wow, where's this been all my life? And the answer is right there where it's always been. And it's so, just so comforting. Anyway. It's home. It's, it's, it's just that type of place. Well, it's like being in your grandmother's Italian home. That's Absolutely. what it is. I mean, it's pictures all over the wall. It's, it's definitely, uh, they're not going for any design awards for sure. But it's just good food like your grandmother would cook. That's and, it. and I would agree. Yeah. I, I have a question. When is yeah. the last time that you have been to Jack Dempsey's? Oh, I can tell you exactly. The last time that I was at Jack Dempsey's was the night before I went into labor with Jude. So Jude is now 32. Oh, wow. So 32 years ago. (laughs) Now, let me make sure that, let me make sure that this is, Correct. Okay. Did Jack Dempsey's move from Elysian Fields or on, was it always on Poland? I, I don't know, but I, I heard people talking about going there and, and how enjoyable it was. And I, I mean, I'm 50. I don't think Did I've been you go? there. Since, no, I haven't been there since I'm a little boy. Well, go, Darren. That's your job. Go ahead. I'm giving you, I'm deputizing you. Call us after you go. So I, w- I will, I, I, because I would like some, <laughs> some good. It might be another G. Orlando's, you know? I know, but that's a long way to go. <laughs> Where are you? In Metairie. Yeah. So oh, it's not that far. I'm actually very close to the Vincents on West Esplanade, not far from there. Okay, well, you're still only 15 minutes from that Jack Dempsey, so. But um, I will also. Anybody know what it was? I think it was, I want to say it was Jack Dempsey's. Maybe I'm wrong. It the, it was on Elysian Fields, um, not far from the interstate. I think that and was maybe Jaegers. Okay, Jaegers. Mm-hmm. Okay, is, is Jaegers still there? No, it's not there anymore. 
Okay, then Jaegers. Then I'm sorry, I'm wrong. Jack Dempsey's Jack Dempsey's on Poland looks like it's been there forever. Yeah, so I think right. it has. Okay. <laughs> have you been there, your... Patty? That's your neighborhood. I have been there. I haven't been there recently. I haven't been there in probably three or four years, but I have been uh-huh. there. It, it's great fried seafood. And their macaroni and cheese is something else. Okay, good. So I'm going to go. Okay. You, you've sold <laughs> okay, me. Okay, now is it is it as dumpy as Laiuza's? No. No, okay. it's not. It's a little nicer. Okay. You've okay. sold me. I'm going. All right. And, me too. She sold me too. We're going to have to try it. Mary and we'll the last thing. Where is she there, Darren? What? The, the last thing I just wanted to share, I think, uh, with my daughter going back in about a week, I think I'm going to make two reservations Mr. John's, and um, because I, I just, it's my favorite. Mr. John's and Mr. B's. Well, I was, I was <laughs> thinking about Ralph's on the Park. Okay. No? No, I think it's fine. Okay. Ralph's on the Park is great. I was supposed to I was just saying Mr. B's because you said Mr. John's, so I was thinking, oh. okay, Mr. B's. What? Gotcha. No, I was supposed to go to Ralph's on the Park during the holidays, and it was one of those nights... Mm-hmm where we got like those flooding rains. Mm-hmm. And so we, we canceled, unfortunately. But um, at any rate. All right, Darren, you, so. you now have been dispatched with various things to report on. Well, I, I will report back on, on hard fat. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as you can. All right, we'll take you care, Darren. We've got to go to you. a break right now. Bye-bye. Let's go to... Let's, let's listen to these messages and come back and talk. 556-9696. Have you ever eaten something new and wondered where it had been all your life? We thought that about Double D Sausage after having it at a friend's house. But restaurants all over town serve it in their gumbo, red beans, and jambalaya. It's made right in Bogalusa, and the company is in its third generation. Double D Sausage is a light smoke pure pork sausage with notes of sage and other spices. Try the regular mild and hot and new flavor like the Cajun variety and jalapeno and cheddar. Double D Sausage in stores all over town. The best meals always start with the best ingredients. If you're cooking seafood, the best ingredients are at Mandeville Seafood. All local fish, Louisiana shrimp, oysters, crab, crawfish, wild salmon, and Dungeness crabs. With a little notice, Mandeville Seafood can get anything in the seafood universe you may want to try. Mandeville Seafood. Celebrating 25 years. You make me feel so young. Ah, I love that idea. I love to feel young. I, um, I haven't ridden my bike in a week and a half, so I'm starting to feel old. I need to get back on that uh, as soon as possible. It's just so hot outside. I don't want to sweat like that. 556-9696 five, five, six, six, six is the number if you want to talk to me. Here I am. I'd love to talk to you. I'm Marianne Fitzmorris here at The Food Show celebrating 33 years of doing nothing but this, just talking about food, particularly New Orleans food. Yeah, so I'm starting to think that that might not be a bad idea to do like a, a an old family gathering where you just pick crabs. I never pick crabs. I've picked crabs twice in the last 20 years probably. And the only reason that I did it was that I do go to Mandeville Seafood frequently and buy things like salmon or oysters or shrimp or crab meat. And I 
stand there and I see behind the people who are putting my stuff in a bag, I see stacks of blue crabs. And I, you know, it, it gives me a quick little, you know, harkens back to my youth of crabbing out at the lakefront and then boiling the crabs and peeling them. But I just, you know, I've not done that. All the crabs that I've eaten have been put in front of me at a restaurant in the last 20 years. And so just on a whim, I asked him what kites were. Do you know what a kite is, Patty? No, I don't. Okay. I, I didn't either. And they said, kites, a dollar. And I thought, what is, what is that? And I asked them what it was. And they said, they call them kites. And I don't know if this is a widespread thing or just a Mandeville seafood thing. But kites are crabs that are so light, they could fly like a kite. <laughs> and so they can't sell them for regular price, but they sell them for a dollar a piece. So I picked up five of them. And they were not big, fat, overstuffed crab, but they certainly had plenty of crab meat in there. And I had what I thought was a probably a Michael 75 approved bargain. Anyway, they were good, and I did it twice. Um, they don't always have them, but when they do, if I've, you know, if I'm in the mood, I will sometimes take them home and, and peel them. But now I'm thinking about going to get real full price, full full cavity, stuffed cavity crabs and uh, sit with my sibs and, and do like an old family event because now two of our seven have been out of town for years, you know, one for 15 and one for 40. So, um, you know, it's always good to come back and revisit good times like that. Five five six nine six nine six is the number. Here's what we're talking about. We don't know if we're talking to Nicole at three. We'll just uh, have her surprise us. So if she calls, we talk. If not, we'll just keep talking uh, between ourselves or among ourselves. Uh, it is the birthday of Tori McPhail. If you have anything to say about him, of Alton Brown, also his birthday. The city of Baltimore was founded in 1729, and we share with that city a certain kind of crab, the beloved blue crab we were just talking about. A lot of ours get shipped up there because it's from the Chesapeake Bay up there. They get their crabs. We have ours down here. And uh, a lot of ours do wind up up there. Anybody been to Fadley's? Fadley's, I think that's how you say it, in Baltimore. 1886 Institution. It is a um, seafood market primarily near the waterfront in Baltimore and this is where the crab cake started. It is not the kind of pretty, uniform, beautiful, gourmet, glamorous crab cake that we have here. It's a big utilitarian ball of jumbo lump crab meat pushed together sauteed dropped on a saltine cracker for a ridiculously cheap price i'm gonna look and see what their crab cake price is i'm probably wrong i'm gonna embarrass myself but i recall thinking wow this is only like 15 bucks this is a massive amount of jumbo lip crab
So uh, that is, if you've been there, I would love to hear your version of, and had the crab cake, of course. I would love to hear what you think of the Fedley's crab cake, or if I'm even saying that correctly. Also, let's see, what else were we talking about? We're talking about stuffed crab. We're talking about crab cakes. We're talking about peeling crabs, and any of those things would work if you want to talk to us. 5569696 is the number. There's also something I want to talk about, White Castle, when we come back. It is time for the Louisiana Radio Network News. You're listening to The Food Show, and we'll be back with more talk after this. WGSO New Orleans, 3 o'clock. USA Radio News with Tim Berg. The Senate is voting to move forward on a $1.2 trillion bipartisan infrastructure deal on Friday. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer expects similar support for the proposal as there was on Wednesday when the Senate agreed to consider the bill. He is confident the Senate can make progress quickly. The Senate remains on track to reach our goal of passing both a bipartisan infrastructure bill and a budget resolution with reconciliation instructions before the start of the August recess. It's an ambitious deadline, but the hard work put in by senators and staff means that we are on the right track to get it done. Gas prices are rising as Americans get ready for the weekend. AAA reporting the national average for regular gasoline is $3.16 a gallon. Drivers in California paying the most for gas at $4.36 a gallon. USA Radio News. Now with orders to stay at home, public health concerns, the reality of illness due to pathogens and viruses, your health is at an all-time high risk. That's why it's critical to take a proactive approach to boost your immune system. You can with new nano-colloidal silver from AmeriCare. Our patented process with tiny silver particles, one one-hundredth the size of a red blood cell, allows for maximum body absorption. AmeriCare's nano-colloidal silver effectively disinfects your body internally, attacking pathogens and viruses while supercharging your immune system. Colloidal silver is antibacterial and antiviral. Simply put, it prohibits bacterial respiration, suffocating viral cells, preventing the virus from replicating. And now, due to public health concern, AmeriCare is authorized to offer our lowest and best price ever, around a dollar a day. But supplies are limited. Purchase nano-colloidal silver now at immunesupportnow.com. That's immunesupportnow.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Supplies are limited. A group of House Republicans wants answers about Washington, D.C. jail conditions for defendants charged in connection with the January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol, following reports of harsh treatment. Representatives Matt Gates, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Louis Gohmert, and Bob Good, who traveled to visit the local district jail on Thursday, said they were denied entry when they requested to see how the facility was being run. The Republicans also concerned about a report that many of the people from the January 6th attack are being held in solitary confinement for lengthy periods of time. Those concerns also echoed by Democratic Senators Elizabeth Warren of Massachusetts and Dick Durbin of Illinois. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi is calling for action to be taken on the eviction moratorium that's set to expire tomorrow. We would like the CDC uh, to uh, expand the moratorium. That's where it can be done. USA Radio News. Look, bud. 
I said your money or your life. I'm thinking it over. <laughs> the Great Gildersleeve. <laughs> yeah. The new Edgar Bergenauer with Charlie McCarthy. Ah, if you say help me, I'll mow you down. Three hours a day, seven days a week of the greatest radio shows of all time. Classic radio theater. Available on many of these radio stations or available on demand anytime at any podcast app by searching USA Classic Radio Theater. USA Classic Radio Theater. Going a little bit more in depth on one of our top stories as the CDC continues to plead with Americans to recognize the rapid spread of the COVID-19 Delta variant. Multiple reports out there say an internal document called the variant that's sweeping across the country highly contagious. The CDC coming out on Thursday and recommending that people indoors wear masks even if they're vaccinated in COVID-19 hotspots. Dr. Amesh Ajila is an infectious disease expert with John. The excessive heat warnings in place, probably excessive heat tomorrow, potential heat-related illnesses as a result. So be careful outdoors, limit your exposure. An isolated storm or two would help out if you're underneath or nearby, clouding over, producing some cooling effects temporarily. But there won't be many around again today and slightly more tomorrow and even more coming up Sunday where it's only low to mid-90s and in 90s with scattered to likely thunderstorms on Monday. Rob Sanji, WGSO. It's quality used tires at affordable prices at Rico's Tires and Wheels. 2609 David Drive, Metairie. Rico's offers quality used tires. They fix flat tires and they do wheel repair. And while there, get that spare tire checked out. Check out Rico's on David Drive, Metairie. Rico's Tires and Wheels, just a few blocks south of Veterans, 2609 David Drive, Metairie, 504-455-5199. Rico's Tires and Wheels, of the food show. I'm Marianne Fitzmorris looking to talk to you about food. 556-9696 is the number. We have somebody on the line, Patty, the gobbling gourmet. That's right, the gobbling gourmet. <laughs> All right. Let's do yeah, it. I'm, I'm a, braced. I'm a first-time caller. <laughs> uh, this is the gobbling gourmet. Okay. You know what? What? When Patty told me the gobbling gourmet was on the line. I wasn't sure if that was a name that Nicole has now given herself because she is, in fact, definitely a gobbling gourmet. And her husband, oh, they order like three appetizers apiece. Yeah. Yeah. Whoa. Okay. I tease her about that. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Well, uh, I had to laugh yesterday when I called and I said that. And Patty just, she, I guess she was in a hurry. And I said, yes, yeah, is the gobbling gourmet. And she said, okay, hang on. <laughs> and she put me on hold, and then she comes a few seconds late. But you come up and said, Steve, I'm not going to be able to get to you. And I went, oh, I guess Patty recognized it. Okay. Oh, wait, so that was you, because I wasn't sure if if it was the other Steve um, no, in Madisonville. Okay, no. all right. Mandeville right. Steve. Mandeville um, Steve, okay. Yeah, they used to be at the Mandeville House of Crazies. <laughs> 
I'm not sure what with. that means. Marianne, I have a special sure. guest what? on the line. If you can take a okay, minute. Do you, have, do you have, did you find him? I did. Oh, great. Great. Well, I'll call okay. back later. Well, you, you can you can stay if you want, but uh, but well, uh, Patty has uh, run down. She has run someone down for me. Well, not literally, but anyway, she has found someone, and we're going to go ahead and, and uh, talk to him. So call me back, okay? Okay, yeah, he's that's on a the strange line. sound. Oh, hey, hey, Tori, happy birthday! It's Marianne uh, Fitzmorris. That's very kind of you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> You know, Tom, we use as a, I have taken over the show for Tom, and um, okay. we use a blueprint of, of Tom's written work, including his <laughs> almanac, which is in the in the website every day. And so he has he's he's kept track of all of your birthdays. Are you serious? So, um, wow. I'm serious. I'm serious. And he used to say happy birthday to all of you every year yeah. on your birthday. So did you know yeah. that you share a birthday with Alton Brown? I did not know that. Alton is a very, there very nice go. gentleman that I respect tremendously. Go. So that's a, that's a fun fact. That's amazing. Okay, so, so this is Tori McPhail, folks, who we yep. miss from New Orleans. So where are you right now? I am standing in downtown Bozeman, Montana, and helping Bozeman, to run okay. three restaurants. So right now we've got a huge line out the door at Revelry. Revelry. And Dave okay. Sushi here in uh, southwest Montana. Oh my gosh! So wait, so right now you have a line out the door? I feel guilty now. No, no, no. All, all is good. I have like the best chefs and uh, and uh, cooks here in Gallatin County, and so there's just an amazing vibe. The sun is shining. It's a gorgeous day out here, and uh, and it's beautiful. I've had the top down on my Jeep for like two months. Oh, yeah, don't don't tell us that because, you know, it's been raining incessantly for weeks and weeks. Have you heard that? Has anyone told you? Yeah, so buddies down south, like, they said, hey, it's been crazy hot and it's been wet. It's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know you don't miss that at all. But I'm looking at the things that Tom has written about you in the Almanac. Are, you're from Washington State, is that right? Yeah, that's it. I, I uh, grew up just right next door. Yeah, but I was um, vacationed here uh, as a kid and learned how to fly fish here just not far ah, from Bozeman. And okay. so um, my family is retired out here. And so j j this, just this move after uh, kind of wrapping up my career at Commanders is really, you know, just kind of be closer to the family at this stage in life. Yeah. And, um, okay. and just, you know, trying to, trying to reconnect with uh, some lost folks. Good. I'm, I'm glad because when I saw, I, you know, when, when we hear that you're moving to Bozeman, Montana, I thought, wow, that's a big change of life. But now that I read that you're actually from there, so it's a return home. Yeah. Yeah, it's a bit, uh, <laughs> well, like I've never, li never lived here in Bozeman, but it's a bit of a, bit of a homecoming. And, uh, you know, yeah. Montana has always just been a, an amazing place. And for those of you all that have not been back, back out here uh, anytime recently, it is just, uh, it's the fastest growing small city in America. And I believe just, that. Uh, yeah, it's booming out here. It's gorgeous. Yeah, well, it is gorgeous for sure, and it is a yeah. smaller, I mean, a slower pace of life. And I think that last yeah. year caused everybody to reevaluate their life. So yeah. you might be getting yeah. a lot more people out there. Yeah. So I'm, get I'm gonna ready be, for that. I'm <laughs> going to be um, heading back down to New Orleans, though, next Thursday. We're coming in because there is the Great American Seafood Cook-Off as part of the Louisiana Restaurant Show in the Convention Center. And so uh, this, this time around, we'll, we'll be representing Montana and flying in with some beautiful lake trout from Flathead. And we'll be going head-to-head -head with the best seafood chefs all across the country uh, right here in our hometown of uh, New Orleans. Well, now, is this something that the public can go to? 
Yeah, you can um, you can touch base and you can look at more information. I think it's probably like the Louisiana Restaurant Association uh, okay. website. Okay. Um, and check out more info there. Okay. Um, but it's going to be an exciting. I mean, there's going to be hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands, of people in attendance, and it's a it's an iron chef style competition where we're going to be on stage with the bright lights and uh, TV cameras in our face and, you know, sweating and doing our thing. And uh, the, the, the winner will, will uh, walk away with the crown. Now, you won something in Lafayette a few weeks ago, I heard. Is that the same circuit? Is this like the same thing you're it's, doing? Um, yeah, that's, that's exactly it. You know, um, okay. this year with, with COVID, we didn't have the... Uh, the um, Quite the, quite the same event. So this one was head-to-head with all the past winners of the Louisiana Seafood Cook-Off. Um, okay. And so it was just kind of a, a fun event, and, and it was just a bunch of great, great chefs getting together and having a good time. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but okay. we walked away with the, uh, with the title there, and uh, Billy Nungesser, our lieutenant governor, he said, well, shoot, how about if I call the lieutenant governor of Montana and see if uh, you can't represent that state, fly back home to New Orleans, and then go head-to-head with uh, great chefs from... <laughs> Uh, Boston and Alaska. We even have one chef flying in from Guam. So it's going to be oh a, a serious, serious cooking <laughs> yeah. competition. But I feel a little conflicted and torn because that's my town, yeah. and here I am representing Montana. Well, you keep talking about it as home, but it sounds like you're back home now. So you are definitely conflicted for sure. <laughs> right, so I what think, did you... I think so. Yeah. What did yeah. you uh, cook in Lafayette, and what did you win for there, and what are you going to be cooking here? Yeah, so the, the Lafayette, um, uh, they call it the King of Kings Seafood Competition. So my dish there was, was one of my favorites. And they just had, uh, shoot, they probably had 15 or 20 different varieties of fresh seafood all laid out for us. But I chose mm. sheep's head. Um, and so sheep's head is one of those things that's pretty, pretty specific to the Gulf of Mexico and yeah. also you know, around the tip of Florida. Uh, but it's kind of underutilized, and it's really the best value out there. If you all ever see it in the grocery store, you know, ask your fishmonger, hey, you have any sheep's head in the back? And mm-hmm. it really, if you all, for the folks that haven't eaten it very often, it's, it's, it's soft, mild, white, and flaky, and it has the, the flavor of fresh crab meat. It's and delish, just, yeah. Yeah. Tom uh, so calls we, it a we, very underrated fish, and, and it's a pity. Did you ever hear his yeah. joke about it or the story that he told about sheep's head? No, where what, he was what's sitting that? in a restaurant. Yeah, he was uh-huh. sitting in a restaurant, and he overheard at another table. Sheep's head was on the menu, and, uh, and he heard one person say to the other diner, boy, they really do eat everything here. <laughs> anyway, well, so what are def- you going to be cooking? Do. Yeah, what are you going to be cooking to represent your new home state? You know, it's it's uh, it's a fascinating story, but I just got off the telephone yesterday with a fisheries biologist, and uh, one of our most popular dishes here. We don't have a lot of seafood, obviously, in Montana because it's landlocked, um, mm-hmm. but we serve uh, flathead lake trout. And these lake mm-hmm. trout, they get huge. The record on flathead is a 42-pound trout. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's wow. pretty amazing. Uh, but they're a non-native species. And so really? the uh, Yeah. And so the Kootenai uh, Indian tribe there um, has started a program. It's a, it's a non-for-profit program where they are um, catching these lake trout and selling them to uh, fine restaurants. And uh, so we started, we started utilizing this product. And it is absolutely delicious. 
Um, so the natives are the only ones that can, can, can harvest this product and sell this product, and all the proceeds go back to the conservation of the lake and then taking care of their uh, Confederate Indian tribes there. And oh, so it's, a, it's a fascinating deal, and uh, we, yeah. we, we, hope it's a, we hope it's not a sustainable fishery. We hope it uh, goes back to the native species, but if anybody has an opportunity to check out this amazing lake trout. How did it, how did it invade that space, and what is the yeah. native species? Yeah, the native species, they're um, cutthroat trout, which are an amazing sport fish. And then okay. we also have uh, bull trout. And uh-huh. bull trout just get huge, and they're uh, a gorgeous fighting fish, not unsimilar to like our redfish that are just a thrill to be able to catch. And then the railroad back in 1908 introduced the lake trout. And, um, you know, these days they're, they're starting to take over the population. So, you know, here we're trying to uh, conserve the lake. We're trying to take care of the, um, the Native Americans that have made this world great. Yeah. And we're also trying to provide um, uh, conservation of the lake so it's clean and pristine you know, for uh-huh. generations to come. Good. Well, that's exciting. So give us the details yeah. on this event. So I think people would like to come to this. I know I would. So um, yeah. where, where yeah. is it again and when is it and all? So it's going to be this coming weekend at the convention center. This is part of the Louisiana Restaurant Association. And so okay. if you have a, a buddy that's a chef or a restaurateur, definitely give them a ring and say, look, man, I need tickets to this event because I want to go watch <laughs> the Great American Seafood Cook-Off. And, okay. um, and this is an, an event that we won back in, I think, 2009. Mm-hmm. And so we'll be the first one to hopefully win, win the title for two different states. Well, that's exciting. That's really fun. It's just a coincidence that we called you today, so I'm really glad that yeah. you were able to talk to us. Well, yeah, I yeah. hope you have a great birthday. Do you have any great plans, or are you going to be working the whole time? You know, right now I'm, I'm, uh, it's a big departure from the years at Commander's Palace, but uh, we have a wood-burning pizza oven, and we've got uh, all kinds of wild game going. We have some, um, some bison uh, burgers going on the menu for today. So I'm going to get back on the pizza station and, uh, and start doing some amazing handcrafted artisanal uh, pizza here. Okay, so give us the name of your restaurants again if anyone is heading out that way and wants to visit. What are the name of the restaurant, yeah. the restaurant group? Um, yeah, so we're in downtown Bozeman, and uh, we help to operate three restaurants. The newest restaurant is called Revelry. It's uh, very much like a um, kind of like a Montana wine bar that has a bit of a Gramercy Tavern type of a feel. So you can certainly walk in and get artisanally made pizzas and, and wood-fired burgers, but you can find this amazing lake trout and, um, you know, the best Montana Wagyu beef on the menu at nighttime. Uh, for brunch, we've got jam on Main Street. Uh, it's a beautiful place that everything's made and handcrafted every morning, starting when our bakers walk in at 4.30. So fresh biscuits, five varieties of fresh bread, fresh cinnamon uh, scones every morning, uh, and even English muffins. We make every single one by hand. Oh, wow. And uh, if you're craving something, um, something unique, we've got uh, Dave's Sushi. And so we have all of our seafood flown in from all parts of the world through FedEx, and it is some of the best sushi I've ever had in my life. Oddly, yes, I know, it's in southwest Montana, but it is fun. You know, we're doing sake bombs at the bar and rolling some amazing seafood. So come down, hang out, enjoy yourself, and pop in and say hello when you're visiting Bozeman. That's terrific. You sound like you're having a great time. I'm super excited for you. I'm always intrigued yeah. by someone who can just pick up and move their entire life someplace yeah. else. It makes more sense now that this is a return home to you, but I yeah. still love the idea that you were doing it anyway. So kudos to you. I'm really happy to Thank talk you. to you. I hope you have a great rest of the day, and Thank thanks you. for talking to us. All right. Thank bye-bye. you. I'm gonna, bye-bye. 
Tori McPhail, who is now out in Bozeman, Montana. I am going to pass on the names of those restaurants to my niece. And people are saying, how many nieces do you have? I have a lot of nieces. I have a lot of nieces. I have a lot of nephews-in-law and um, a lot of the other way around too. So um, we, have a, we had a family of seven and, and the reproduction has been vast. So um, one of my nieces and her husband was actually on the show last year or two years, 2019, um, doing their thing. They're doing what Stan does. And they had, um, they bought this old RV and they refurbished it and they called it the toaster. And and so we had Timely and the toaster on and, and they're living out there now. So I'm going to have to tell them uh, to go on over to Jam on Main Street sounds divine, I have to say. <laughs> Pretty good stuff. So that was Tori McPhail, former chef of Commander's Palace, now out in Bozeman, Montana, as sort of a homecoming. Happy birthday to him. We're going to take a break, and we'll be back after these messages. On the North Shore in Madisonville is everything anyone thinks of when a steakhouse comes to mind. The environment is elegant and handsome. The service staff is knowledgeable, attentive, and friendly. And most important, the steaks are superb. The steakhouse sides are also great. Keith Young Steakhouse, 165 Highway 21, Madisonville, 985-845-9940. One of my all-time favorite restaurants is the legendary Pascal's Manali. It's now open for lunch Wednesday through Friday with happy hour specials in the dining room every day. Tuesdays, enjoy two-for-one appetizers and Hans's vodka martinis. Wednesday and Thursdays, wine and beer specials. Friday's lunch martinis are $5. Say hello to my friend Thomas at that great oyster bar when you go to Pascal's Manali, 1838 Napoleon Avenue. Reservations are recommended. Call 895-4877. I get misty just holding your hand. Isn't he cute, Patty? He's so cute. He is. And he's so so nice and personable, too. That's what I mean. When I say cute, I mean, mean, yes, he is cute, but I mean he's a cute person. (laughs) Yes, he is. He's a cute person. And um, I have my designations. There's the cute little old man, of which he is not, and there's just cute, and he's definitely cute. He is. I mean, he is good looking, too, but I mean, he's he's a cute person. And I mean, he was very easy to get. Uh, You know, I just called this restaurant and told the girl who answered the phone that I was calling for you and we wanted to know if he had a few minutes to talk and there he was. Yeah, I'm so glad. I'm so glad he did because um, I've been wanting to get that story. There were actually two stories I wanted to get. One, how that happened. And I, it makes more sense now that I know that it's a homecoming of sorts for him. And I always love homecoming, so I'm really glad he did that. And But it's such a different world out there. So I'm, uh, I'm really I'm, I'm happy to hear how excited and happy he sounds. And um, the other question I had was that he won this competition in Lafayette, and I found out through the grapevine, I have a good friend who lives in Broussard. And um, and I was curious to see what he was doing there. So those things are related. But that sounds like a really terrific event this weekend. And I'm going to find out when it is. He said this weekend, but I, I'm busy with wedding events, so it's too bad that it's this weekend for me. But for you out there... Uh, I would definitely go to that. That sounds like it's going to be great. 
Anyway, that was Tori McPhail, the former chef of Commander's Palace, now uh, happily ensconced in Bozeman, Montana, if you're heading that way. I've got to go to that jam place sometime. I hope by the time I get there, he's still there. Anyway, we're talking about crab cakes and uh, various other things here on the show. If you would like to join us, we, we would love Steve to do that back. while I wrestle my cat. What? Steve is back. Steve is back. Okay, Steve, come on back. Sorry we had to bump yeah. you for Tori. No problem. Uh, you know, you were talking about the cute little old man thing that's such a New Orleans trait. It doesn't matter whether he's like six foot five or whatever. He's a cute little right. old man. That's right. That's right. Well, I was. I, I don't was know if it's a New out. Orleans thing. It's certainly a thing with me. I call everybody a cute little old man. I mean, if you are. Well, in I was fact, walking out to pick man. up my garbage can the other day, and I went, "He's me." <laughs> that was kind of depressing, you know. I'm the, you know, thank goodness I'm not the oldest man in my neighborhood. So, um, yeah. A couple of things I was thinking about is I'm not a real big fan of crab cakes. I would prefer what? a good, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not nuts I'd... about boiled crabs. I, I think there's better seafood than that. But I would rather a real good stuffed crab than a crab cake. You'd rather what stuffed crab? A, oh, a regular stuffed crab. A real good stuffed crab than a crab cake. I agree with you. I agree with you. Really? I think okay. A, a good stuffed crab is actually better. I think it has a lot more flavor. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Uh, oh, by the way, did I did I say that I was I didn't mention this. I called Fadley's during the break. Okay. And I didn't get to mention that I was quite wrong that the big lump o crab that they serve there. Now this I last time I went was about five or six years ago. Uh-huh. But it is it's twenty one ninety five. Okay, but well, that's still Which reasonable is, if it is yeah. a goodly portion Oh, it's a big of lump of thing. If you saw the website, as a matter of fact, I want to mention that the website encourages shipping of their products, so it's definitely worth going to the website. Right. Uh, Don, the gourmet neighbor, I'm talking to you. This sounds like something you would do. It's oh, F-E-I-D-L-E-Y-S. <laughs> And I guess they order through Gold Belly. I don't know, but I know that they, you can ship their products. And I think it's definitely, you know, if you don't mind spending lots of money on food, this would be something to do. If you do it, yeah, me, call me, me if and, you do it. Me and Michael won't do that. Yes, yes, I know you Me and Michael that. won't. But Don, spend... the gourmet neighbor, is right up his alley. Yeah, but he'll right fuss about alley. it after something was wrong. <laughs> um, my mom was a lobster fanatic and my stepfather used to talk about the first time they went up to the New England era, area, they were in Rhode Island, I think it was, and it was a place that it was all the lobster you could eat for X amount. And my mom got, she was working on like her second or third lobster, and she was mad because the one that they brought her only had one claw. <laughs> my stepfather goes, you can have as many as you want. <laughs> Yeah, but you know what? Maybe she didn't want to eat a whole lobster. What she was more interested in was the claws. You well, know? she could that, still go get another lobster. They, you I know, guess, they but care, you can't take you know, those things out. You have no. to make sure you eat them there, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, I also did a little figuring at 15 hours a week, 52 weeks a year for 33 years. Tom has... 25,740 hours. 
Thank you. How many is that again? 25,740. Golly, golly. Now, did you count, did you count the, the weekend shows, too? No, but I also didn't count, you know, these two-hour wins that you've had for the past couple of years. So, you know, that's a yeah. round-off. It's, yeah, I, I did it at three hours a day, five days a week, 52 weeks a year. That's impressive. Yeah. 25,000 yeah, hours. Wow. You know what, quite Steve, a bit of nonsense, would you s- huh? send, <laughs> send me that in an email so that I can, instead, instead of saying uh, 33 years, I can slip that in there every now and then. That'll be fine. I'll get Susan to do it. Okay. Sounds good. Or maybe I'll All call right. back and tell Patty and she can write it down and send it to you. Okay. Well, you I know, can write I it down think... myself. I'm, right now I'm busy wrestling the cat, but yeah. I'll throw him off and write it down. What is it again? 25,000? 740. 740. All right, Patty, write that down, please, because the pen I got naturally doesn't, doesn't turn and write. I got it. <laughs> All right. All Thank right, you, ladies. Steve. Season. Enjoy your time at Felix's tonight. Oh, yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> by the way, uh, that's next weekend, Tori McPhail's thing. Because he said he's flying Wait, next... in next Thursday. Oh, yeah, so it's not this weekend, so I could go. Right. Okay. You could go. Oh, good. Okay. If, I think if I will I'm not do mistaken. that. All I right, think I later. Will do that. All right, take care. Bye. Thank you, Steve. I'm glad you pointed that out. Okay. All right, if I. If you hear a loud thump, it's the cat flying off of me when I knock him off. We are talking, you know, about food like we have for 25,740 hours over the last 33 years. That's daunting when you think of it that way. Wow. I I don't even want to tell Tom how many hours on the bridge that meant for him because, Tom, you know, I, I moved him over here much to the dismay of his longtime New Orleans friends like Errol and Peggy, who still don't understand that Tom left New Orleans. But uh, he didn't start complaining until the first, like, I don't know, 20 years had gone by. But then he started complaining mightily about crossing the bridge all those years. And I think his time at home became more and more frequent. But just the thought of all those hours driving across the bridge. That's, I feel guilty now. I feel really guilty. Oh, well, about that and so many other things. 5569696 is the number if you want to talk about food. We would love to talk with you about food. That's what we've been doing. Crab has been the subject, even though it's not National Crab Day. Tom has designated this in honor of the city of Baltimore's founding in 1729, Crab Cake Day. And we've been talking about crab cakes. I'm being attacked by the cat now, so I'm going to... uh, I'm going to throw him out at the break. He's getting thrown out. Uh, it is also, um, like I said, Tori Mayfield's birthday. It is the birthday of Alton Brown. If you have any comments on either of those two, I'm surprised no one's called about Alton Brown because he's a very distinct personality. It is 3.30 now. Time for the Louisiana Radio Network News. We'll be back. Louisiana Radio Network. I'm Brooke Thorrington. A two-year-old boy was found inside a Baton Rouge apartment this morning along with a woman who appeared to have been dead for four to five days. Authorities believe the woman, age 37, is the young boy's mother. 
Police say there are no obvious signs of foul play and an autopsy has been ordered. The child, who was malnourished, was taken to a local hospital to be evaluated. More species in the animal world are turning up positive for COVID-19. Don Molino has more. The U.S. Department of Agriculture has completed a study of deer in several northern states. Louisiana Commissioner of Agriculture and Forestry Dr. Mike Strain says they were checking for COVID-19 antibodies. The results of the study indicate that certain white-tailed deer populations in Illinois, Michigan, New York, and Pennsylvania were exposed to SARS-CoV-2. But Strain emphasizes while deer are susceptible to the virus, humans are in no danger from the deer population. I'm Don Molino. LouisianaRadioNetwork.com. It's our anniversary. The Louisiana Lottery is 30 years young. That's 30 years of giving you a reason to smile. For the celebration, we're bringing back an old favorite. The Multiplier tickets are back. You can enjoy multiplying your winnings up to $200,000. There's even a Multiplier crossword. Play $1 five times the cash with the top prize of $5,000. $2 10 times the cash where you can win up to $20,000. Three-time extreme crossword paying up to $30,000 and there is also a $10 50 times the cash paying up to a whopping $200,000. And, and as part of our 30-year celebration, be sure to check out the $5 30 times the cash ticket with our anniversary logo and the special bonus feature on the back. That ticket pays up to $100,000. Pick up your tickets today. The Louisiana the lottery celebrating 30 years of giving you a reason to smile must be 21 to purchase wgso 990 am has recently become recognized as an official 501c3 nonprofit organization capable of accepting tax-deductible donations so in commemoration of our 75th anniversary the station is launching a 75 for 75 campaign with the goal of raising $75,000 in 2021. The funds that are raised will be dedicated to help the station fulfill our broadcast mission and satisfy any equipment needs that arise. These donations are especially important because unlike most radio stations in New Orleans, WGSO is independent, locally owned and operated and not part of a national broadcasting conglomerate. To donate, go to WGSO.com and click on the Donate button on the front page. Help us to continue to be the community voice of the Crescent City. I won't dance, don't ask me. I won't dance, don't ask me. I won't dance, madame, with you. And I proved it. I proved it just last weekend. I asked Tom, and he did not dance, which is kind of good because I'm not much of a dancer either, although I, I kind of think I might have been under other circumstances. My poor daughter is definitely not. You know, we have a cat that um, that is one of those biting cats where I actually have now injuries from the fight that I had with the cat while we were on the, the air before, so I had to go and and really wash my hands. Today's edible dictionary word is brought to you by Dorignex, one of the top 20 regional supermarkets of all time. Dorignex is also celebrating 75 years this year along with WGSO, so happy anniversary to them as well. The edible dictionary word is kosher salt. Kosher salt, and I didn't know this, and of course, that's what the almanac is about. I learned a lot of stuff from it. Standard salt, sodium chloride, which is made in large flat flakes instead of the fine granules of table salt. 
The cubic crystalline structure is the same, but the crystals clump together irregularly to make larger grains. The advantage of this is that kosher salt doesn't dissolve as quickly. Salt like that is useful, okay, this is disclaimer time, kind of gross, useful in kosher butchering to draw out more of the blood and other juices, hence the name. In fact, it's no more or less kosher than table salt. Kosher salt is preferred by many chefs largely because of current vogues. It's essential when you want the grains to remain after cooking. Pretzels come to mind. It's less good if the salt needs to dissolve. In other words, the only difference between kosher salt and table salt is texture. So that brings up the question of salt because salt, I was starting to think a lot more about salt because I, I really think salt, well, first of all, it's essential, but it makes a lot of difference in what you're doing. I wasn't really into salt in any big way. I always thought the salt that you would get, like the, as they like to say, Himalayan pink salt or Himalayan pink salt, um, and all the various other salts that you can get. I mean, you can, I won't say it's quite at the level of coffee or wine or chocolate or any of those things, but salt is a universe unto itself as well. And the processing of salt is varied and fascinating. And the reason that I started thinking about salt was when the woman that I had on, I guess about a year ago, again, before your time, Patty, the proprietor of uh, Il Buco in New York City, this restaurant that I find endlessly fascinating. Her name is Donna Leonard. And um, this would definitely be one of those people who changed their life on a dime dramatically and set the whole course for her life. But I find her story just enthralling and I'm riveted by her book. But one of the portions of the book has to do with a salt vendor that they have in Sicily. And it amounts to salt. Apparently, the table salt that you get, and again, this is all what we are told, and you know, you can question what you are told because you're being told something else the next day. So, you know, as of now, though, we are told that the salt that the cute little Morton girl with the umbrella has to offer us is inferior to some of these obviously much more expensive salts. And there is, like I've seen a black salt, they serve a black salt on the butter at lunch with their incredible cheese biscuits at the Windsor Court for their meat and three special. Um, the varying salts out there are kind of mind-boggling in terms of size, color, texture, processing. I had no idea there was, quote, a world of salt out there, but there is. And so I've come to believe what we're being told now, too, which is that sea salt that is developed in a bed after water has washed over and left and dries in the sun, that kind of salt is better 
than the Morton girl salt. So um, it's a fascinating process. This book, Il Buco, details how they go out there with boots and shovels and scoop up these giant crystals of salt, and it's processed. So I've begun, I've begun to experiment a little more with salt. I still don't have any kosher salt because I don't really know what to do with kosher salt. Now I know that there's really no point in having kosher salt. Did you know that kosher salt was exactly the same as the Morton salt, Patty? No, I did not. Yeah. Okay, so now we know that we don't need to rush out and buy kosher salt because right. it's better or whatever because it's the same thing as the little Morton girl salt. So I've got a lot of that, and that's what I use most of the time. But I have really gotten to start using sea salt more because of the Il Buco book and, you know, the, the exoticism of shoveling up these giant crystals after the sea has evaporated from it. And so I've gotten to use a lot more sea salt and I use it in ways that I would have previously used Little Morton salt. And I, I almost used it the other day but I didn't. I use the Morton salt. But when I do a roast chicken now, I do the sea salt. And I'm using more and more sea salt. And I even find myself smashing sea salt to make it smaller and easily, more easily dissolvable than the big giant crystals. But salt is kind of a fascinating thing. And the more you get into it, the more intrigued you are. There's a place up in Covington called Tessier Gourmet. And I think that there's probably lots of other places you can see this. But I've never seen it presented in this way where they have like this entire salt section there. And it's all of the gourmet salts from places like you know, the Himalayas and this region with their evaporating sea salt flats and all this kind of stuff. And you can really get into salt. I know that there's a book called Salt, and I don't know the name of the writer of the book, but Tom was really fascinated by it for a while there. And, you know, I would like to read it one of these days, but I have a few other books in front of it. But I do find that whole idea kind of uh, really interesting. Five five six nine six nine six is the number if you have anything to say about salt or crabs or crab cakes or anything, we would love to talk to you. I'm kind of really tempted to buy some of that stuff from Fadley's. I'm, I'm very intrigued by it. Another thing in the Almanac today is that in 2004, the movie Harold and Kumar go to White Castle came out. It's about two young guys who head out in search of White Castle hamburgers, the original sliders, those thin square burgers best known in those parts under the crystal banner, in these parts under the crystal banner, but who wind up exploring the deeper meaning of life while telling raunchy jokes. <laughs> well, I don't really mention that because I'm a fan of Harold and Kumar. I think it's Kumar, yeah. Uh, going to White Castle, but I am intrigued by White Castle. The only White Castle I've ever run across was actually in Nashville, right by the river where you cross over. 
I see it by the bridge. And I was tempted to swing in there once and get some White Castle burgers, but I was kind of in a hurry. I've done a lot of passing through in these parts. That's how I came to stumble upon Fadley's when I was um, doing my regular routine run through the mid-Atlantic between here and my son's school. And my sister lives there too, so we've, Katrina sort of opened up this door between New Orleans and DC for us. And even after he left, it didn't close the door for us and we go and come. Well, I did until a few years ago, but um, I go and come with impunity on 16 hour trips there. And so Fadley's was one of the places that I stopped going through on that route. And the same is true of the White Castle. I've never had a White Castle hamburger. If you have and would like to compare it to Crystal or any other slider out there, I'd be interested in hearing it. My favorite sliders at this moment, <clears throat> well, I do like the Atomic Burger slider. But my favorite sliders are actually at the Cheesecake Factory where they're sold in a pile of six and they're really great. And I'm embarrassed to say that Tom would be horrified, but uh, they are exactly what I think of as a really tasty burger. They are greasy enough to impart like this sheen of grease not a gross thing, just a sheen of grease on the burger. Do you know what I'm talking about, Patty? Like a little sheen? Yeah, I do. Yeah. It, it's Is it unpleasing good. or pleasing no, to you? No, it sounds good to me. <laughs> yeah. I've yeah, had White Castle pleasing. burgers like years. When we go to Chicago, our friends in Chicago insist that we go to White Castle for sliders while we're there. Uh-huh. And, and they're good? They're good. Yeah. They are? They're probably they not have a little good sheen for of you. That's why they're good. Well, of course not, but nothing's good for you if you want to get no, down to it. That's you know. right. I mean, lettuce is good for you, you know. Yeah. Spinach, broccoli, <laughs> that's good for you. But, I mean, who wants to eat that all the time? Yeah. I mean, there's definitely a place for it. Like, I'm really craving when when all the festivities are over and everybody goes home and I don't have other things to eat, <laughs> I'm going to make a divine Caesar salad. I bought the Hearts of Romaine. I've got the anchovies. I'm going to mix up a great dressing. I've got the fresh Parmigiano Reggiano left over from the other night. I'm going to make a great Caesar dressing. And that's really delicious. Oh, that sounds good. But you know, if you have the choice, sometimes you're probably going to gravitate to the pile of sliders. Because they're easier. <laughs> they're easier. And So um, do they have, have the little... We have Don on mm -hmm. the phone who wants to correct you about your kosher salt. <laughs> Okay. I told him All I right. would tell um, you that. <laughs> okay. So we're gonna but so I'm gonna make him wait. He's gonna salivate to, to do that while uh, he waits through the break. But we're gonna take a break and we'll be back after these messages. Five, Basil five, six, Sakes nine, Hardware six, nine, has six. been the center for your grilling needs for over fifteen years. That's when I first got my big green egg, which I use more than ever lately. Fred also has Traeger grills and Weber grills and all the accessories for them. Charcoal and pellets and propane, as well as rubs and grilling utensils. Remember, a great cookout always begins with the right hardware. Basil's Ace Hardware, 4419 Transcontinental Metairie, 888-8588. 
Mandeville Seafood has been a local favorite, serving their house-made roast beef poor boys, seafood poor boys, and even a French fry poor boy in a fast, casual environment. Here is an extensive menu of salads and sandwiches and fried seafood, baskets and platters, as well as sides like stuffed artichokes, meat pies, and jalapeno cheese bites. And we love the very attentive service here at Mandeville Seafood Restaurant and Market, celebrating 25 years. When you're awake, the things you think come from the dreams you dream. Thought has wings and lots of things are never what they seem. All right, before we get back to talking about sliders with Patty and the Cheesecake Factory, let's go to Don. Is this Don the Gourmet Neighbor? Well, of course it is. Who else would be calling? (laughs) Well, I beg your pardon. I do have other callers, and I have other Dons, in fact. I meant to argue with you. Okay, go ahead, but you're arguing with Tom, you realize. Go ahead. No, I'm not not arguing at all. So there is a difference between the kosher salt and the, uh, the little Morton salt girl. Okay. And the, fir- the biggest difference is the size of the crystals and the fact that there is no iodine in kosher salt. So way back when, for some reason, we decided that we all had an iodine deficiency at one time in our uh-huh. history. Uh-huh. And Morton's decided to add iodine to their product uh-huh. to make up for that deficit. Uh-huh. And the other reason that the kosher salt is different, not only um, what it does, it makes the koshering process when you make meat kosher because the flakes are bigger it takes more moisture it draws more moisture out of the out of the meat well did you not so did you not hear what i said that's exactly what i read no i don't listen half the time i'm sorry i said it's <laughs> useful in kosher butchering to draw out right. more of the blood and other juices so in fact so by arguing you made me say that line again thank you that's really, that's really why i called what am i to be what am i supposed to be ordering from the uh Yeah, go to Fadley's, F-E-I-D-L-E-Y-S. Spell it again? I got a pen. F F as in Frank. Uh Uh-huh. E-I-D as in dog, L-E-Y as in yat, S. Fadley's. It's a place in Baltimore where the original crab cake, 1886, huh? Oh, wow. Yeah, wow. it's a it's a market. It's family owned since 1886, and you should look at their menu. It looks really good. You should order some of that. Stuff. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna pull it up. I do agree with uh, both you and Steve. Yeah, I see it right here. I do agree though with uh, both you and Steve. I would much prefer a better, a, a really good stuffed crab than a crab mm-hmm. cake. Oh, I thought you were going to say that you you agree with Steve and me that you'd probably complain about Fedley's after you ordered it. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I don't even see. I, I don't even. Oh, I know where Fedley's is. Uh huh. Yeah, it's in that little market there. Have it's you, just like a little stall. Yeah, yeah it is I exactly. Been, I, I've, I'm sure I've walked past it, but no, uh-huh. I've not gotten. Oh, you didn't go in it. it. You didn't have it. Oh, too bad. No, but it looks delicious. It looks like a huge it is. Softball. Yeah, it is. is it, it is fried? good. I did. Yeah, I did. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, I mean, yes. Yeah, if I, I was I in Baltimore, I had to have a crab cake. So I looked it up and I found it and I went to have it. And anything that's has been around yeah. that long, you know, that's all. I'm all be, over that. It's got to be good. It's got to be good. Yeah. Question, though. I was, I was perplexed when you were talking about blue crab and that uh-huh. you, had, you, you were raised here, right? You were born here, raised uh-huh, here in yeah, Canada? Uh-huh. uh-huh. I think it's in, you guys didn't boil a lot of crabs when you were growing up, but it wasn't a Who thing did? in your family. 
We did. That's okay. what I said. Yeah. I must, I, must, yeah. I, must, I must have something in my ears today. My apologies. <laughs> I, must, I must have uh, that. And I'm trying to do three other things as I listen yes. to the show. But uh, when you yeah. said you didn't know what a kite was, I was surprised. Yeah, I didn't know what a kite was. Yeah, yeah. You throw, we used to throw the kite. Either either that, or we'd save the kites to make use them as gumbo crabs because uh-huh. they were very yeah. light. You know, so yes. you break those in half and throw them in like that. But yes. that's I swore I was not going to call today. I broke my own rule. <laughs> we're so scintillating. What can you do? You you can't I resist. Know. You yeah. know what? I am looking forward to this weekend. I was fine. This has been a hard ticket to get. What reservations to Eric Cook's Grigory? That oh yeah. Yeah, so I finally got in at eight thirty on Saturday. So uh, definitely looking forward to uh, to that. He's he's he, he's Love got some him. really good stuff over there. Love him. He's another cutie. He's another cutie patootie. I love him. Um, and really I, I don't even hurt. I don't even remember what he looks like. I, th- I know he's got some kind of beard and a bunch of tattoos. Scruffy. So I don't mean that Scruffy. in the sense that boy, I really dig you. But I just a cute person. He's a cute person. Uh, I really like I just, him. Um, I like I like the way he thinks about food, and I like the way he's really yeah. straightforward. No, yeah, BS. he's really fun. He's really fun. Yep. Did you know he mm-hmm. was doing like a big dinner? He's he's got something going oh. with Le Creuset. It's Le Creuset oh, is, um, and, and I, I, I'm glad you said that. I'm going to mention this. Le Creuset mm-hmm. is uh, bringing out a line. It's not called Tabasco. It's called Cayenne. Oh, okay. And, is it a color? And it's it's, it's, it's that color? color. It's that color right. of of you know cookware. And so Eric Cook is mm-hmm. um, participating with them um, and hosting a bunch of dinners. Uh, featuring his cooking and their cookware. And um, I will, you know, I should probably look it up. I don't really have time. Yeah, well, maybe I do. Out. And I will, um, I will, I will mention what it is and when yeah, it is. I'm like, I'm like, and it right they, look, I have a couple of those pots and I absolutely love them. I mean, if you're going to braise or oh, stew, yes. that's the pot. And I now, what about uh, Staub though? Which, do you like that better than Staub? No, I, I, no, no, I don't. I don't. <laughs> but here's the que- here's the question, and maybe somebody can answer me. Not today, maybe next week, because we're running out of time. Uh-huh. So, you know, of course, I've made roux in the bottom of those of, of one of those pots. Okay, that uh-huh. I make gumbo in, and uh-huh. since then it has like this brownish, tannish, you know, discoloration on the bottom. Uh-huh. And no matter what I do, I've boiled it in baking soda. I've used Barkeeper's Friend. I've everything everybody has said to do. I mean, the pot is still functional; it's great, but I just cannot get that color out of there. It's almost uh-huh. like I've stained it. Maybe I have stained it. I don't know. But mm-hmm. if anybody knows how to get that out of the bottom of those, I would. I even use their own cleaner that they make. That didn't work either, and I'm mm-hmm. certainly not pitching the pot. Yeah, you're certainly not gonna pitch a pot like that. That's not for gonna sure. pitch that pot for sure. Okay, you no. know what? I'm I'm gonna try and find uh, this because it's gonna take a little mm-hmm. bit longer than I thought. Maybe it was sent to me instead of to Tom, but um, but I'd be, I will I would be mention... interested. In, uh, you know what? I'll ask when I'm there Saturday night and uh, find out what you know what the what the lowdown is on that. And after okay, that, here again, it is, I, right I, here. I, it's called. Hot Dish Pop-Up Dinner Series, August 11th and 12th. Okay. It's an exclusive hot dish pop-up dinner, uh, leaning into the color spicy aesthetic and using this as inspiration. Eric Cook has created a four-course menu 
that leans into fiery flavors with dishes including a Gulf oyster stew, summer watermelon salad, braised short ribs, and grits, and um, put up satsuma custard, all adding elements of spice that are sure to surprise. Tickets are available for $160 and include a spicy welcome cocktail, the four-course meal by Eric Cook and wine pairings. See, and he is one of those guys that can take something that's really rustic and he elevates it, but he doesn't elevate yes. it to a point yes. that you don't recognize what it is. It's the still got the comfort the level. It. Yes. It's, it's still got the comfort so- level. It's delicious, delicious, delicious. Really yeah, good. do I get the court, anyway. do I get the court bouillon or do I get the pork chops out of it? That's the big dilemma. Uh, we'll see. It's, oh, Don. You can't call me up here and correct me on salt and say court beyond. Well, you know, I just want to get cootie on. Yeah. All right. I'll let you know. But um, all right. Take all right, care. Guys, have a great weekend. I'm going to one of my other callers now, and it's not Don. Let's go to Anton. Only got about three minutes, though, Anton. Yeah. Is he there? Okay. Nothing big. Um, just wanted to know if you knew what Tom's excuse was. Not not his excuse, but his reason why Oysters Bienville and Oysters Rockefeller on the half show were always served on a bed of rock salt. Yes, he does know the answer to that. He has told me that. Are you going to offer it, or do you want me to try and extract it from him? Oh, no. Uh, well, if you want to, you can try to extract it from him, but I, I know the reason. Oh, you do? Then tell me. Well, it's not to to keep the oysters hot or anything like that. The main reason is that it keeps them from rocking back and forth on the tray. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's very basic. Mm -hmm. Yes, but it's amazing that people eat that sometimes. That's that's the astonishing part. (laughs) Eat a chunk of rock salt and then an oyster. Uh, uh, yeah, very scary stuff. Another, yes. uh, one other thing about crab cakes. Uh huh. You know the um, the the nice brunch place on Highway 22 called the uh, Crazy Pig. Yes. Uh huh. Yes. Also known as the Southern Kitchen. Yes. Yes, they have a great uh, crab cake Benedict. A real you one, try that. right? Yeah. Very okay. good. Okay. All also, right. Also, a good crab cake can be found at the uh, Rusty Pelican in Mandeville. They do a pretty good job on that. Now, you see, both of these places that you're naming, the price point on those places do not qualify as the kind of crab cake that I'm talking about. Because the crab cake that I'm talking about does not have any, it's not deep fried. It's not like a a, a, a uh, stuffed crab stuffing that's rolled in breadcrumbs and then fried. This is only crab meat, and and you can differentiate by the price point. And you've named two places whose price points do not uh, do not rise to that level. So I think you're talking about the the crab cake that we've come to accept as a crab cake, but it yeah. isn't really a crab cake. It's like. Crab stuff. Yeah, well, I, I don't believe the one at the at the uh, crazy pig places. Uh, I don't believe it's fried. Okay. 
Okay, well, I'm curious. I, I might try that because uh, that does not a high price point either. You're talking yeah. 18, 20 bucks for the real deal, and you're talking 15, 14 and below for the other. So that's how I differentiate. That's how I know what I'm getting by looking at the price on a crab cake. All right, Anton, I have to move on. We have to seal okay. off the show. Thank you for calling. Appreciate it. Have a good All right, weekend. real quick, Patty. You too. Uh, back to the the little sludge of grease on the sliders. They serve a pile of six with just a pickle or two and a dollop of ketchup uh, at the Cheesecake Factory, which used to have a big celebration for National Cheesecake Day because it's National Cheesecake Day. We didn't even get to that. Oh, we missed it. Today is National Cheesecake Day. Unfortunately, the Cheesecake Factory is not doing uh, some special on it, but Copeland's is. So if you are a cheesecake lover, check Copeland's out. I think they have a deal, and I wish I could look it up. I don't really have time. But anyway, there's something happening at, at Copeland's uh, for National Cheesecake Day, and that is today, by the way. My my favorite cheesecake going right now is at Chifuncta's, and I have to go back and have a slice of that cheesecake. I didn't have it on Father's Day when I first saw it. That's it for the show. Please go visit our website, nomenu.com, N-O-M-E-N-U.com. Yes, give yourself a, a hand, Patty, for getting Tori McPhail and uh, Thank you. Alex Patu. We're rocking now. We got Patty on the board. She's gonna she's gonna take care of us. Uh, we uh, have nomenu.com. That's n-o-m-e-n-u.com. Go sign up for the newsletter. Comes out twice a week. This is Tom's fifty-year body of work. Tremendous amounts of information that cannot be cracked by the likes of Don, the gourmet neighbor. But anyway, I'm just picking on him. At the New Orleans menu is our other platform. Pictures up there. I'm going to have the picture of our, our double egg breakfast for Tom, too. You can also see that on WGSO.com. Tim McNally is up next with the Dine, Wine, and Spirits show, and we are done for the evening. Tell a friend about the show, please. WGSO New Orleans. Time for the news. Four o'clock. Good night. USA Radio News with Tim Berg. As the crisis on the U.S.-Mexico border continues, South Carolina Republican Senator Lindsey Graham and Texas Democratic Congressman Henry Cuellar are calling on President Biden to change border and immigration rules. Graham joining Fox News and explaining why he thinks the current border policy is hypocritical. I can't go to Canada or Europe as an American citizen under the Biden plan, but 1.2 million people from the uh, unvaccinated world can cross the U.S. border and be released in large part into the United States. The Senate is advancing a bipartisan infrastructure deal. Senators are moving to the next stage of consideration as more than a dozen Republican 